I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're back here, folks, on the Michigan Basketball Insider with an outstanding guest for the second time appearing on the Michigan Basketball Insider, but the first time on camera. Without further ado, uh, one of the top players in the 22 class, none other than Jet Howard joins us. Jet, thanks for coming back with us, man. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, you were so good the first time. We have to do it again. So <laughs> yeah, tell us a little bit. You're a big college man now. You're on campus. Um, yes. What what what's it like? Are are the workouts college caliber for you? Who are you staying with? Just give us a breakdown of your typical day. So far, I didn't reach campus yet, but I've been working out with uh, the team throughout the past year because. I don't know about these NCAA violations. I don't want to get in trouble, but I think from my dad being the coach, I was able to do that. So, so I think it's it's good. Um, it's not that big of a difference from high school because I feel like IMG prepared me pretty well for that. Yeah. When you talk about IMG, what a great experience. I, I think you play with Jaden Bradley and Jarese Walker and Keontae George and, and Musa the year before. Um, is that a big advantage getting ready for college basketball? And also talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, in that setting, you've got to be sort of a role player, but I think you've got some breakout star potential too. You know, is that, is that a, a great thing to prepare you for college basketball? Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the best decisions I ever made because every day is like war in practice and going up against like my matchup personally was Keontae. So he's like um, probably one of the best scorers in the country. So just matching up with him every day prepared me mentally and physically for, I don't know if I'm prepared a hundred percent, but I think it helped me get a, ahead of the pack a little bit because he's really good playing with Jaden Bradley. Um, just learning his high cue is really high. I think that goes unnoticed sometimes and I think he's kind of translates as a really good college PG. So I think just him teaching me and helping me understand how to play off of other players like Jarris and Keontae really helped. And it was tough at first. It wasn't easy because everybody coming from my school at um, NSU University School, I was kind of the primary scorer. So it was, it was uncomfortable at first, but you know, trying to get to the national championship, you take those roles and you just roll with the punches. And even though we didn't um, achieve that, still some lessons learned and that I'll keep. So, Jed, you said you don't quite know if you're totally ready. I understand when you're in the Jordan Brand Classic, you're in the <laughs> Iverson Classic. It's not with college guys, established college guys, but it's the best of the best in high school. And you yeah. went and did your thing, man, especially at the Iverson Classic. So I'm curious to be, how do you think? What do you think of your performances in those uh, in those games? Uh, I think I did pretty good. Um, I feel like I could have did that a lot more throughout the season. But 
you know, just being in the situation I was and not being the main guy. And I felt like when we got to the All-American games, it was even playing field. So I was just like, man, I'm ready to go. Like, I don't have a primary scorer now. I don't have, like, a system I have to abide by. So I just was excited to compete because I know I can at the highest um, high school level. So I was just happy about it. So one of the unique things about that is, you know, you're around all those pros, too, and which you have been your whole life. But you're around pros watching you play, critiquing Uh your game. And they had some great things to say from J.R. Smith to A.I. They were like, man, this dude is a star in the making. Was there anything through your interactions with them, you know, during those games, during those weeks that sort of stands with you, stays with you, advice they, they gave you, things they said about you or your game? Um, okay, I'll start with uh, Steven Jackson because he was my coach. Um, he was just like talking about like how you approach the games is like a really big thing on how you like your mentality on how like also Darius Miles and Quinnen Richardson, they were there. It was so many OGs that were there. It was amazing. So just telling us like how we're supposed to approach these events and how we're supposed to our mindset when we go against these so-called top guys was like what I took a lot from Steven Jackson and he was basically just saying like kill everything in front of you and don't really focus on the outside noise and the lights and stuff like that that's not important um with AI he was just like I don't want to get too entitled or feel like I don't want to feel like (laughs) I'm blowing my head up but he was just like um uh, it comes natural to you. So just, you know, keep working, um, keep your head down, keep working and just like, you'll be fine. You just gotta keep staying in the gym because it comes natural. That meant a lot to me because he's like my idol. I don't want to take anything away from my dad because <laughs> I know he feels the type of way when I say he my favorite, he's my favorite player, but him and my dad, I like, and 1A, 1B when it comes to my favorite players ever. So it was very emotional leaving the Iverson Classic to just, like, take that all in. It was amazing. So so to blow you up a little bit, not only did you play well, as you said, you were also the three-point champ, and you were the MVP of the game. So that's pretty darn good. And yeah. um, I saw on, on social media the, the hug and the things that he said. That's really impactful. So congrats on that. You know, as as we watch the landscape of college basketball change, I've been following, I'm sure you have too, Caleb Houston. Uh, you know, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? I don't think anybody really knows, but I was just kind of curious because you're like you're a competitor and I think you probably know you play the same position. So yeah. if Caleb comes back, then you guys, you know, you both play the same position. But if he goes, then that spot is wide open for someone like you to grab. You know, your team's probably a little bit better if if both of you are on the team, but you're a bigger star right away if he leaves. What would you prefer at this point? That's a tough question, but let's hear it. <laughs> what would I prefer? I would prefer him to come back, of course. I honestly I really don't care if, like, we're both on the same team because I feel like we're just going to make each other better at the end of the day. And um, going, against, going up against him and competing – I see how he moves without the ball. So I think that'll be my matchup in practice. So just running and chasing him all day will probably get me in shape. And I think he's a great player. And um, he misses, he missed 
like his field goal percentage from three was not what I expected, but like they don't they tend to forget like he's a really 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 good shooter. It's just that like some games he wasn't in the rhythm and it's tough being just like labeled as a shooter because you gotta live and die by that. And I know that because I was kind of the shooter at IMG. So I I love him as a person and he's a good dude. So of course I want him to, want him to come back for a hundred percent. That is such the right answer. I love it. <laughs> I guess I know that if he isn't back that you, you'd be okay taking over that small forward yeah. spot too. You know, when I, when I look at the depth chart, I, I like Kobe Bufkin. Sam does too. We think he's got great potential, but there's really nobody else at that shooting guard spot. You know, can you tell the listeners a little bit about why Jet Howard can play some shooting guard as well as small forward? Um, I feel like I'm very versatile as a player. I've never been really put as a box, put in a box. Um, I can play honestly one through three. Um, and I think um, whatever my, I'm gonna say my coach, not my dad. My coach. Um, is willing to put me at I'm I'm up for the challenge, you know. I I'm really I think I'm most effective um, at the one and two position, um, but I'm I'm willing to play the three. Um, the wings are kind of the same, so everything in basketball is interchangeable now. So um, I think I'm I'm up for it. Just, y'all should not worry about the positions with me. I, I'll be fine. Yeah. Hey man, watching you last summer convinced me. On, on the one part, like I was like, man, look, you know, can, can Jet play the one? Watching you down there at the NBA camp, NBA Players Association Top 100 camp, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he can do that. <laughs> definitely set up for others. But I want to go back to what you were, you were talking about how it was emotional leaving the Iverson Classic, right? Yeah. I watched the video. He was like, listen to, listen to Uncle Chuck, Bubba Chuck, right? <laughs> I, I, he said, listen to your dad. Like, yeah. you know, make sure that you don't tune out what he says i mean was what how did that hit you how did that strike you that piece of advice man that was crazy like it all happened so fast so i'll break it down even though y'all didn't ask that. i'll just break down this the scenario on how it went down so i'm take I'm it leaving. over take it over yeah, yeah man. <laughs> i'm leaving the uh we we had like an award ceremony at um the martin luther king memorial in memphis so we're leaving that and we're coming in the parking lot and I'm just like, man, you don't understand how, how much like of a fan I am of you. Like I didn't really want to sound like a fanboy to annoy him, but like, I was just like, man, you don't understand. I didn't, I didn't know that he knew my father in any way. I just thought like, he's just like another kid that he, he would see. So I just went up to him. I was like giving him his flowers, just praising the, the guy. He was like, man, you're just such a good person. Um, and then he was just like, got into like my dad. And I was confused, like, you know who my dad is? I didn't, I didn't think he knew all that. But when he started to, <laughs> when he started to break that down and just like tell me like everything I need to like know to get to the next level, it was just amazing. Like, if you ask my mom, I was smiling from ear to ear on the way home. I was just crazy. And she was the one actually taking the video. And um, yeah, he said more amazing awesome things but she didn't get that but just that whole experience was awesome i literally have like a life-size poster two or three not sound weird or anything but in my room That's not weird man yeah in my room of him since i was like 15 16 so yeah you know it's it's funny to hear 
players, kids, you know, their view of their dads not be what the public's view of their dads is, which you you obviously have that. I'm curious about the player coach dynamic. I'm gonna give you a scenario because you know, I know you 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 know, you following the game, you watching the, the finals. I'm watching uh Dallas and Phoenix from a different perspective, right? I covered Devin Booker when Devin was playing in Grand Rapids. And I remember his dad saying, man, I got to find a different way to challenge him. I got to find a different way to bring some dog to his game. So he moved him from Grand Rapids to Mississippi and had him play his final years in Mississippi. I covered Jalen Brunson in high school. And I remember Rick being harder on on, on Devin than any dad I've ever seen. I went to interview him at a camp and his dad why you want to interview him? He played like crap. Why would you even want to talk to him? And I was like, man, I don't even want to do the interview now. He's like, (laughs) I want to see how he does an interview after he plays like, after he plays like crap, right? And he told me, he said, the reason why I'm like that is I I want to be so hard on him that anything he sees from anyone else doesn't stack up. So I'm curious if you have any stories like that about your dad challenging you in that kind of way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i have a lot honestly uh man uh he honestly throughout like i would say six to 15 he was still in the nba so or working in the nba so he would come home and i would just shoot i'll just be outside shooting all day so he would like just be like man you're not really working on anything you're just going around just tossing up balls like you don't have a purpose behind anything you're doing so he would come out, and I would ask him to rebound for me. And he would just run me, and that's how I got so good off of just, like, running off screens and shooting. Like, he would just run me off of, like, little cones and curse me out. Uh, my mom had to come out there and be like, baby, chill, Juwan, chill. It's okay. He's only, he's only 10, 11. And he was just like, I don't want to throw him under the bus in any way, but he was tough. He was he was really tough. Um, I I didn't really take it in a bad way. I understood it. I didn't like it, but I I understood why he was doing it. And um, yeah, a lot of the games I would come home. I had a, I had a um, I didn't I wouldn't say I had necessarily a bad attitude. I just didn't like losing. So he would just like and like if we got down by a lot, he would tell like by my demeanor. On like he could tell by my demeanor that I was upset. So he would uh, take me out, out of games. I don't know if I can say this on air, yeah, but yeah, he would take me out the games and, you know, rough me up a little bit <laughs> and, and just tell me why like body language means so much and how a scout can write you off just by, you know, your attitude on just like you're on the bench or on how you're walking back on defense. And I took that. I understood it. And, we used to break down film together um, every week on my games. Film sessions used to be tough. It used to just be one-on-one, me and him. Um, we used to do sprints outside. Me and my brother would play one-on-one, and he will be watching from his window. And usually when I win, I would get beat up because Jace, Jace was a terrible – he looks like a really nice guy, honestly, throughout um, the Michigan – uh, but he's really he's 
you guys don't see the other side to Jace. Jace is really <laughs> <laughs> aggressive, you know? So every time I would wait, he would just beat me up. And my dad would just be watching, man. It was terrible. I had some tough days, but man, we're up. Ready, right? Yeah, he got me ready. He was an amazing defender at uh, at thirteen, fifteen. He was amazing. So he got me right for sure. Yeah, him and Jace. You know, when um when I think about having a dad that's an NBA champ, I know you've got some good stories about. I don't know if you've been to LeBron's house or D Wade was in your backyard with you or you play one on one with Chris Bosh. I know there's a story that nobody knows about those guys, about growing up, you know, right under the, the the headlines of the Miami Heat. What's that story? Man, okay. I have like three stories in mind. I'm going to say, okay, so we're in the Heat. We have like a practice court. They have a practice court that they allow like the kids and the family to go into while the game is going on. So I didn't really care about the game, to be honest. I just wanted to go upstairs and shoot and work on my game because I didn't – I liked watching basketball, but actually working on it was funner for me. So mm-hmm. all the kids would go up there like Brownie, Zaire, Wade, um, James Jones, little kid. Every, every kid would go up there. So we would run five on five, um, and we were running five on five, and Brownie was on my team, Zaire – and Bob McAdoo's kid was on the other team. That's all I can remember. And my brother was on my team also. So we're going back and forth. Um, I hard fouled Zaire. <laughs> I hard fouled Zaire. And I did it on purpose because we had we didn't like each other at the time. <laughs> we didn't like each other That's at all. That's all heat stuff right there for sure. Yo, we did not like each other. So... Zaire threw the ball at, at, at me, like threw the ball at me and like my chest. So I look at Jace. I'm like, Jace, you going to let him do me like this? <laughs> <laughs> so we charge at it. It's a whole brawl in the heat room. We have to have like our dads have to have like uh, talks with us, like D-Wade and all that. But, man, we're brothers to this day. We love each other, me and Zaire. But. I just remember that day was, like, the most craziest day because, like, we were so competitive at a young age. Like, we did not want to lose the 505 because that's all we cared about. We didn't really care about the games. Even in the finals, we would still be up there playing basketball. We wouldn't even be watching the game. Like, we were so spoiled. Like, we didn't understand the significance of winning back then. So, yeah. That's, that's a good one. And I, I've got to ask you what you said. There were two or three. What's another one? <laughs> if you're going to keep bringing material like that, this uh, year. Mm-hmm. I'll give you one more. So me and Bronny, I slept over at Bronny's house a few times. And I think LeBron came to like, we were playing video games. And LeBron was like, we were. I was using the Celtics at the time. And Bronny was using the heat. And I was beating Bronny. And then LeBron took the sticks and was like, like the controller, and was like, how would you let the Celtics beat the heat? Like, Bronny, you're not doing a good job or whatever, or something like that. And then uh, he was just like, 
dad dad doesn't like Jason Terry. Jason <laughs> Terry. I remember that vividly, like him him saying that. But uh, nah, he he probably loves Jason Terry. But we were just joking around. It was just cool to see how like LeBron is just a kid. Like he he was like one of us back then. We didn't really like view him as like a superstar. We just viewed him as like another kid. It was cool. <laughs> um, I want to hear about your acting debut coming up. Uh, pretty exciting, right? That that you're playing a young Carmelo Anthony in the movie called Shooting Stars. What what do you know about acting, and and what what can we look for in this movie? Uh, what do I know about acting? I know a few things about acting. I, I didn't know what I didn't know was how many scenes it took to get one shot. I did not know that. So going into it, um, it was just a lot of like do it again. We have to get it right. We have to do it over and over. I didn't know that it took literally 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. to finish like a whole day of acting. I did not know that. But in the movie, um, I'm not in a lot of scenes, but we did this basketball game, Oakville versus um, St. Vincent, St. Mary, and it was Carmelo. I think Carmelo won that game, obviously. Yeah, Carmelo won that game. And I was just, we were basically just killing LeBron's team. I don't want to give off all the details, but mm. we were dunking all over him and stuff like that. And I, w- I was guarding LeBron personally, and it was cool. Like, the whole the whole environment was awesome. And I actually want to try it out in the future again. I think that's not a bad career path to go down. So how did you prepare? I mean, did you watch just tapes of his game? Did you talk to, did you call Carmelo? Did you sort of, you know, sort of get in the character by talking to him directly? How did you get ready for the movie? The craziest part is during Peace Jam, Carmelo came to my game and I had a pretty, we played a money base that game. I had a pretty good game. Um, we ended up winning, and we talked after the game for a little bit, and he was a cool guy. And then my dad hit me up after the Geico High School Nationals like a day after and was like, do you want to play Carmelo in a LeBron movie? And, like, it's kind of – like, if you're, like, a normal basketball player, you're kind of like, huh? Like, <laughs> I don't really know how to act, you know? So I just took it, and – um. I obviously love Carmelo's game. I've been watching him for a while. But they did have to stop me a few times because I was doing, like, swinging the behind step backs, and he doesn't do that. So he does more, like, pull-ups and straight-line drives and post-fades and stuff like that. So it was just funny. Just Like, I just wanted to test it out to see if they were going to stop me. Like, I was doing a lot of fancy moves, and they were just like, no, cut that out. <laughs> so... They're like, Carmelo does not do that. So, <laughs> that, was, that was funny. I just wanted to test it out, see what they would do, to see if they knew about basketball, but they did. So yeah. I got to rewind the tape a little bit. You said Zaire threw the ball at you. Oh. You said he threw the ball at you, and then you looked over at Jace and said, Jace, you going to let him do that to me? Hey, Jace, hey, Jace, that's the only time I see him defend me, for real. Jace, okay. Jace sprinted. Hey, we saw him sprinted. Uh, <laughs> And whatever happened, happened. We could just leave it at that. Yeah, I was just wondering, did, as the yeah. big brother, did he say, nah, you go do it, and then I'll back you up? Or did he run See, over? Every, every time, it's usually that. Like, he'd be like, no, that's not – I don't have a problem with him. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was the one time he stood up for me. And I'll never forget that. He stood up for me. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. So you, I know we talked to you. It was before. I want to say it was before last season. And I was talking about your game coming off the top 100 camp. And I mean, you did everything. You ran a team. You shot. You you did everything. And we were talking about your, you know, working on your left hand. That was one of the things that you said that was a focus. I'm yeah. curious, when you look at your game now compared to then, where would you say you're better? Where would you say your game has improved over at this point last year? Uh. I would say um, my moves getting to the hole, I feel like I'm better at figuring out different ways to finish around the basket. Um, I obviously grew, obviously, mentally smarter. I feel like I have a better way of filling things out. Because um, sometimes I'll just jump into games just, like, such in a hurry and not really, like, observing and reading my defender and figuring out what he's doing wrong so I can do the opposite. Um, I also feel like my passing has got a lot better. Um, my coachability, I'm more coachable. Um, my defense, 100% of my defense is a lot better. Mm. Um, my communicating. I feel like Coach Mack at IMG really did a good job of getting the little things done. Because if I would have went to my regular high school, I would have learned all the valuable things that I needed to know. I obviously need to learn a lot more, of mm -hmm. course, but I think he kind of got me at a good base to figure things out. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's so far. So so we'll, I have two more questions, and then we'll let you go. Um, who's the guy that that's going to be a breakout star? You know, we already know Hunter, but – Whose game that you're playing against from Michigan, you think this guy is going to surprise people with his game? Will Shutter. Mm. Really? Think, Tell us yeah. about him. I think he's very good. Um, uh, he obviously registered this past season, but just working out with him, like not this year, but before last season, he was just, we were on the gun and he wasn't missing. Um, he was shooting better than me. And then seeing him handle the ball, um, you know, just going through his workout, I was just like, huh? Like, I didn't understand. Like, he's really good, and he understands how to play. And he's not a selfish dude. Like, he under, like that's why, like, I really looked at, like, how he would act after being on the bench this whole year. And – you just see him and my brother just having a great time. Like, that shows you a lot about the kid also. So, I just think his work ethic and his talent level is really good. And I think he's – if he has the chance to share, he's going to turn a lot of heads. Good. I like that. And also, where are you hanging today? I'm, I'm trying to see what the articles and everything are. Is that at home or is that is – that Yeah, I'm in a library. I'm trying to finish my finals, man. What, what's your final in? Uh, I have a final in math and art, and I see it's not really hard, but I, it's it's something to do. Cause uh, if you if you get a bad grade, it's Sam's fault. No, I, I see, now, let me let me rush and get my last my last uh, question out here real quick. First of all, last time we were on, you were talking about guys that you were trying to recruit to get to come to Michigan. Are you talking to any guys? I know you're not there yet, but are you talking to some some guys either? 
trying to get him to join in now or getting him to join in in the next class? Anyone you're, whose ear you're pulling on? Uh, you know, I was talking about football, football. too. Yeah, and, and got Keon Sab in the fold. Is in the fold. You saw that. I just wanted to make sure you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Keon, that was a blessing. I was so happy I got Keon to come to Michigan. It wasn't me. Obviously, I'm I'm not going to take, yeah, I'm not going to take full whatever. But I was in his ear, of course. But um, for basketball, the transfer portal is so big right now that I'm just in a few guys' DMs, like Matthew Meyer and um, Joey Baker. So I'm just trying to see. Honestly, this is like my brother and um, uh, Ian Burns. If y'all, if you guys know that, is Ian Burns. He's those two are just like masterful at getting these dudes mm-hmm. and figuring out what we need in the team. Because like my dad, he obviously um, is a scout. He has scouts and he's um, recruiting throughout the country. But like as players, we're we're, we're good. We're pretty good. Um, Hunter is really good at that. Um, we're good. Trust me. Don't we? We don't have no worries about that. We should. We should be good next year. Hey, Jeff. Let me ask you a quick one. How's your NIL game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that yet. I need to get better at it. I need to get better. I didn't sign. You know how like a lot of guys are signing, um, with NIL representation. Um, I'm just waiting. And I'm, I'm I'm gonna see. Like I don't I don't want to just jump into it. I feel like my play has to reach that level before I start uh, digging too deep into it. I gotta. Someone tells me you're gonna be all right, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're gonna be all right, man. And the last time we talked, it was just dawning on you that man, you, your brother, your dad. I mean, obviously, moms are like you guys are all gonna be under the same roof, uh, basketball wise. Crazy. I'm curious, is that has that gotten more real for you? Like, has your dad ever seen every game of yours in any season of your life? He's gonna get a chance to do that now. No, he's never seen every game. Like, it got so real yesterday because the equipment manager texted me and, and Jason, the group chat, was like, you know how, like, they have, like, little J.E. Howard or J.A. Howard? Like, you know how they, mm-hmm. like, specify um, the names? So they text me. They're like, do you guys want to have, like, just Howard or, like, J.E. Howard? And I was like, whoa, like, that is crazy. That we're both all gonna be on the same court like that really hit me yesterday, and it's crazy you say that. That hit me yesterday, yeah, for sure. Jet man, it's been a pleasure as always. Can't wait to see you put on the uniform in Ann Arbor, Tim. I know you're just as excited as as all of us. Now he's so good. Maybe we should have um we should have him part of our podcast. Yes. Like if we That's have a, we have we've got we've got other boxes there we could have somebody right, else man, we can do that we could get like an nil sponsor for the for the jet <laughs> segment yeah man, y'all don't y'all don't need to pay me I'm good y'all don't have to pay me <laughs> wow no, man. We, um, we're 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 so excited to watch you play I I just I think the world of you and your game your whole family and we're we're gonna have you back on because you just have too many stories I I I didn't even dig deep I want more. Like, you know, does your dad dress up for Halloween at some point? Or like, I know there's a lot of stories out there that our fans would love to hear. Oh, uh, he definitely did. 
I'll just answer that. Yeah, he did. What was the best one? Uh, he honestly it was last year. He dressed up as uh, some uh, Wakanda prince or whatever. That was funny. That was super funny. Jay's dressed up as uh, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I didn't have a chance to because I was at uh, IMG. And we next, didn't really have, we didn't have like a Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Jets, RB, Jace made a good Dennis Rodman, I'm sure. That's who I see in this game. I mean, yeah. he, he's the worm all the way, for sure. Or yeah. Jerome Williams. You remember the Junkyard Dog, Tim? Yeah, JYD. Rodman. All right, so so Jet, we don't want to take any blame if you if you do not pass your math quiz. So get back to work. And... I'm gonna tell my uh, math teacher. I'm gonna tell her about the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate your time, Jace. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jet. Oh wow, already. Yeah, wow. Already. I know he's keeping you humble. I had Jace on. I had Jace on the brain, man. Jace, you keep him humble. Nice job, Sam. Yeah. Keep him humble. <laughs> All right, Jet. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back, folks, here on the Michigan Basketball Insider on the heels of another fantastic interview. Jet was great the first time. He was even better this time around. Tim, that was really fun. I always, I always feel like success leaves footprints. And, and when, you, when you look at Jace, um, when he was at camp, when we got a chance to know him a little bit, you just think, wow, this kid is very mature. He plays hard. He's got great character. And what happens a lot of times is baby brother gets beat up when he's young and he gets a little bit tougher and maybe they're more skilled. And so all of the good things that Jace has, Jet has too. But Jet has a little bit more game too. He's, he's, he's a prototype of what you think a future NBA player will be. Like his body size, his athleticism, there's a position for him in the NBA and, and with his character and leadership, he's going to take ownership of this team as a freshman. Like he's not going to be get out of the way. I'm jet Howard. He's, he's going to be just like a, a lead by example guy and pick his spots. He's got everything that you need. And, and when you listen to him talk, he's got a great personality and, and he's going to, he's going to be a star for Michigan. Yeah, man. I was really, really interested. It's always interesting. I always like to really probe, you know, the sons of players to see how their dads, even I, I talked to you about that uh, before with Kellen, right? Uh, but I've seen so many different ways to do it and just watching, watching Juwan's demeanor 
uh, knowing how he came up in the game, I was just I had the sneaky suspicion that he he went at it a lot like Rick did, like Rick Brunson, who, by the way, it's funny to see someone asked uh, they asked Jalen the other day, how does your game compare to your dad's? He's like, man, why would you? That's an insult. My dad that can't even touch me as a player. So he's getting his dad back now, Tim. He's getting uh, it back now. Yeah, no, that, I'm I'm excited to watch Jet play, and I think I think I think that he um he's gonna grow very quick. You tell him to do something, he does it, and he was like that at the top 100 camp. He right. just loaded with substance. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Tim. Speaking of of substance, I was very excited to sort of get your reaction, your take from being at the at the combine last week where Musa athletically put on a show. So I wonder what your impressions are or were sitting there firsthand and what did you hear around the gym and around the league about how teams were reacting to Musa? Well, I, I spent four days in Chicago and I spent two parts of, of two different days with each of the players. Um, and, and I was particularly excited to spend time with Musa. Um, you know, in the past, I don't feel like I ever really got to know him very well. Um, I'd see him at tailgates, at practices, at the top 100 camp. Um, and I, I really like him. He, he's smart. He's poised. And we all knew that he was going to show well. He's immensely gifted. Um, so, so what I saw the, the vertical jump, it was incredible. Like, you know how they've got the, the, the plastic segments and you go up and you hit them and they spin around. like he, his hand hit the whole thing. Like he was the only player that, that sent all of the plastic segments around. They had to lift up the vertical jump machine, um, which was amazing. I didn't see, um, I didn't see Christian Coloco from Arizona do it. I missed him. But I, I think that he and Musa were the biggest jumpers. Um, when I saw him in the, the sprint, like I'm thinking old school, Ben Johnson, um, Edwin Moses, like, like they just, they ran with so much ease. That, that's the way he was efficient when he ran. Um, and then the other thing that was fascinating to me, they had the guy shoot three-pointers. And when Musa started out in the corner, he made seven out of 10. And, and then they kind of moved them around the three-point line. And as soon as he got to the wing, he shot air ball after air ball. And, and I was laughing so hard because the college three is the same in the NBA and in college. But as you step out, the NBA three-point line is a lot longer. And I bet he has never shot a three from the NBA before. And afterward, I sat down with him and I said, I was watching your NBA threes. And he just started laughing. And he said, that caught me off guard. And I said, have you ever shot an NBA three before? And he said, no. And so he started adjusting, but the adjustment just barely got the ball to the rim. Uh, but he'll, he'll make adjustments on that. And trust me, nobody was watching him saying that, that he's going to be a three-point shooter. Like, like the, the other part of it, Sam, is that, you know, when you watch the NBA playoffs, there are 26 teams right now that are out and they're watching the trends and, and everything that the winning teams do. And here is the most coveted position in the NBA right now. Like Robert Williams from Boston, Bam Adebayo from Miami, Kavon Looney, Draymond Green, Dwight Powell, they all have something in common. 
They're big men that can move their feet. They can cover pick and roll. They can, they can play pick and lob basketball. And so every team that is watching the playoffs and every team that watched Musa is going to say he moves a lot like Bam Adebayo did at the Combine in 2017. When Bam played at Kentucky, they look very similar from an athleticism standpoint. And, and that's why I think that, that, that Musa is going to be highly coveted by an NBA team. We're not seeing it yet. Right. But I, I think that as we get closer to the draft, you're going to see Musa's name all over the place. Yeah, it's the kind of athleticism that we've seen forever. NBA teams uh, and general managers covet. That's he has what you can't teach. He he's he's the the switchable Swiss Army knife. Defensively, you figure you can teach him the rest, right? I wonder what they're saying about. I, I want you to react to that, but also wonder what they're saying about Caleb, who didn't participate in the combine, but he's. He's not the uber athlete like Musa is that you typically see NBA teams bet on. Even if there's an absence of, of data, of, of performance over time at the college level, they bank on that athleticism. In the absence of that, I'm curious what you're hearing. What's the word about Caleb, especially with him not competing or not participating in the combine? It's puzzling to me why he didn't come to Chicago to compete and improve his stock. Um, and, and, you know, he, he wasn't interested in being there, but there's 60 other elite prospects that were. Um, I especially liked watching guys that, that we followed in the Big Ten, E.J. Liddell, um, you know, Malachi was there, Trevion Williams, um, Bryce McGowans did some really good things, Kofi. Ron Harper. Um, I even liked watching guys that, that we followed during the year, David Roddy you know, from the NCAA, Colin Gillespie, Christian Coloco, um, Benick Matherin. Those guys went out there and competed. And, and what, what I think that, that, that Caleb has done that is going to hurt him is to not go out there and test because, you know, a lot of times I know he's really young, um, he's young physically and he's young for his grade that, that at six, eight, um, I, I think people want to see what kind of athlete he is. There were times he did a, a nice job on defense, but, but how does he move, um, at six, eight, he wasn't really a college small forward. He, he should have been playing power four, but that didn't make sense with Musa there, um, as a shooter. He's always had a reputation of being pretty good. And I think 35, 36%, that's fine. That's, that's, that's good, but he's very streaky. And I think teams would have loved to seen him go out there and, and shoot for, for the scouts. Um, he could have really answered a lot of questions. Um, and the, the other thing, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is true or not, and I'm, I'm reluctant to even put it out there. Um, when I think of, of Jet being six seven six eight, and and with with Caleb being six eight, there's going to be a lot more competition for minutes for Caleb this year if he comes back. Um, and and the other thing that I I watch with Caleb is Sam. I, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Like I get really fired up when I see guys 
that that play with a lot of emotion. They get excited. You can just tell they love the game. Um, they're super uber competitive all the time. And maybe it's because he's a year younger than every other freshman in the country because he reclassified. But sometimes I just I'm not sure. Like, does he love the game or does he love the stuff that comes with the game? Um, does he love the fact that by playing hard and, and doing a good job, he's going to get paid to be a pro? Um, that's what I want to see from Caleb Houston. And he played, what, 31, 32 minutes a game. Next year, it could be hard to, to get that many minutes because you know that Juwan is a big fan of Jet Howard. Like, like dads love their sons, right? So I, I'm, I'm dying to hear what you think. I, I, yeah, I threw so, a lot out there. Yeah, a couple of things. I, I think that, you know, Jet just brings – look, he, Jet brings one through three versatility. So you could, you could see how they could really be on the court at the same time and, and the mm -hmm. minutes not conflict as much. But I agree with your point. I do think that Jet gets some of those minutes. And when you add in Terrence, like, you know, Terrence Williams, there were times during last season that you could say he needs more minutes. Like, he, the way that he was playing deserves more minutes. And I got to believe that, you know, he is going to add even more to his game, similar to what he did last season. So I do believe that it's going to be tougher to command the minutes load that Caleb commanded last year if he experiences the same up, ups and downs performance-wise. But I think Caleb is better than he showed last year. This is my concern, is that if what, you know, some of these draft gurus are saying is true, like Jonathan Giveney is one who is saying that, hey, there are rumors of some promises being made and, you know, telling him to shut it down, which some teams do. I mean, and maybe a team did tell him that, but you know how the draft can be, Tim. Someone could fall, if, even if someone told him that, someone could fall, and then suddenly that promise that that team made goes out the window. And if it's only one team that's feeling like that, that's a big risk to take for a young man who I think, again, I think Caleb is a better shooter than he showed last year. I don't read. I, I think temperament and demeanor. It, it, it can be tough to to glean much from how a guy is. You know how, how he looks on the court because I think he loves the game. I think he plays hard. I just think that he's just a laid back kind of dude. But it was a huge adjustment for him. Expectations were super super high. He was supposed to come in and be a guy on this team. When you consider in Montverde, there were always a lot of other guys too, right? You're supposed to be the guy on this team on the perimeter. And I think that was a lot for him to adjust to with a year under his belt. Now more time in the lab with, with John Sanderson, more time working on his shot, moving, you know, off the bounce, coming off screens. I think that Caleb could have the kind of year that doesn't, that makes it not a question anymore, whether or not he would be picked picked in the draft. Yeah. I, um, I, I think it's as simple as this, that, if Caleb comes back and keeps working on his craft, he will be a long-term NBA player. If he leaves and becomes a second-round pick, then I have concerns about his, his longevity in the league. Um, and, and here's my concern. So, yeah, I, I've heard the same things about somebody maybe making a promise. And when I look at it, OKC at 34 has four picks. And and if if it if it's the the non-guaranteed pick in the second round of 34, 
I can see him spending a lot of time in the G League for the OKC Blue. And the reason I say that, so OKC's got the number two pick, right? Who are they going to take? My guess is Apollo Bancaro or Jabari Smith. They both play, you know, about the same position as, as Caleb. Um, those guys are going to play big minutes. Also, with their third pick, you know, they may take like, like say, a, a Patrick Baldwin from University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. They've already got really good small forwards, Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Roby, Darius Baisley. Um, they all play his position. And so where, where is he going to get time to develop with all those guys already there? Um, I talked to an NBA scout that worked out, Caleb, and, and he said, look, he needs to go back to school. He's not ready right now. So that's, that's a scout saying that. And kind of interesting, and I know we brought this up in the past, that a guy that played for OKC last year, I don't think he's with them anymore. He may not even be in the league. DJ Wilson from Michigan played you know, 30, 35 games with the OKC Blue in the G League. It's a hard league to get a roster spot. And I know DJ Wilson made five or $6 million, and that's awesome. That's the, the point of all of this. But it's really hard if you're not quite ready to figure it out in the NBA. And get that second contract, right? That's what you need. That's a tough deal. So, you know, hopefully, I I just hope whatever the scenario is, that it winds up being the best possible scenario for him. That's what I'm rooting for with Caleb. Here's a question for you, Tim. Is you think Juwan's worried about, hey, does Musa go? Does Caleb go? I mean, where, where do you sort of put the worry meter for him at this point? So I would say absolutely not. I, I think that the roster issues are correctable. Um, first of all, you're starting with an All-American center, okay? He's going to be first-team All-Big Ten. I think that Hunter Dickinson might be the best player in the entire league. And you've got Terrace Reed right behind him. What a great luxury for Terrace to come in yeah. and, and be able to learn every day and practice and watch, and, and, and he'll be Michigan's next star big man. Um, last year, Michigan's guards were good, but they lost their top three with Eli and DJ and Frankie. So I think that the biggest concern that Juwan has, they need another playmaker at the guard position. Um, Jalen Luella and Kobe Bufkin, not enough to win a Big Ten title. Doug McDaniel's going to take some time. I'm really hopeful that Jed Howard can be a, a shooting guard from time to time. And I, I think that's that that's a realistic expectation but the reason that juan's not worried sam on monday i think it's june 13th the draft prospects have to decide if they're going to stay in the draft or pull their name and i want you to imagine juan howard's going to have his shopping cart and he's going to walk into the grocery store and he's going to go down each aisle and he's going to select the perfect fit for michigan and there's a lot of good ones out there you know jet mentioned Matthew Meyer from Baylor. You know, I love his game. He's he's tall and he's bouncy. He plays a little bit like a Tyler Hero type game. Like I would love to see them get somebody like that. That that's a playmaker, um, a, a guard that can can be a combo guy. I mean, there's a lot of options. And who wouldn't want to play for Juwan Howard? I mean, he's got a fun system, and he just keeps putting guys in the NBA. I I don't think he's worried at all. What about? What about this name? What about Pete Nance? What do you think about Pete Nance, Tim? So Pete Nance was at the top 100 camp. And and I I, I like 
a lot of things about him. Um, I actually like Taylor Funk from St. Joe's a little bit better. I don't know if he's committed to someone, mm -hmm. but I think that power forward is the position that Michigan needs the least. Um, they've got the four and the five locked up. I think they need guys that can shoot, guys that can play off the dribble. Um, A.J. Green from Northern Iowa is a three-point shooter. You know, Does he stay in the draft? I don't know. But I believe that if Juwan Howard makes a phone call and he likes you, all of these guys are going to pick it up and listen. Yeah, and so two things that aren't on the agenda, but we got a few minutes, so I want to throw them at you from the NBA side of things. The, the story, which I know didn't come as a shock to you, we knew that Juwan was going to be coveted by NBA teams. We knew he would be coveted by the Lakers. I think Juwan would be – Juwan is one of the guys who could maximize that roster. Like, he would get more out of, of that Lakers group than Vogel did. I'm convinced of that. I don't think any coach can win a championship with that, with that, with that roster in his current composition. So I'm curious – Against that backdrop, how did you how did you take the news that ESPN reported that he he told the Lakers thanks but no thanks? Yeah, so this is how it went. Um, Rob Polinka called and Janine Howard picked up and said, uh, "Yeah, Juwan's busy. Thanks for calling. Click, hang up." Um, look, I I thought it was great that they called. We already knew the answer. Someday Juwan will take that call and he'll be a great NBA head coach. But when you're coaching your sons, I can't even fathom how exciting that is going to be for a dad. And and every team in the league could call every year and they could offer him $30 million a year. He doesn't need money. He's not going to get a bigger car, car or a nicer house. He, he, do, he, doesn't, he doesn't let money drive him. He made $100 million as a player. He, he, he'll take their calls, but he's not leaving, Sam. We all know that. And every time a team calls, it just boosts up Michigan's profile. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. No, this is something money can't buy. Yeah. And I know he he's coaching his alma mater, and he has to love that. He he obviously, all these players are his sons now, right? So he loves coaching all of them. But you just heard Jet say he has never seen in my life every game in a season. And you get a chance to do that, man. That's just... Money can't buy that. Money can't buy that. So, but here's the other thing, and this is sort of off the reservation, but it taps into your Big Ten knowledge and your NBA knowledge and your Pistons knowledge a bit. So lottery happened. Pistons didn't win a lottery. They come out the number five pick. But two of these three guys are going to be on the board at number five. Jay Nivey, who I absolutely love, who is my pick at that point if I had my druthers. Keegan Murray who is, is to me, just skill set-wise, offensive skill set-wise, one of the top couple guys in this draft, in my opinion, just on skill set, and Shaden Sharp, who is probably the best athlete in this draft. So I'm curious, Tim, if, as you look at those guys, those three, a couple of them are going to be on the board. How do you see them fitting uh, with, the, uh, with the Pistons if, if the, you know, the Pistons are – taking thinking about or debating taking one of those guys when there's when their number is called well i i think that you're looking at who can complement the 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 skill set of kate cunningham kate kate is is so versatile he can play with anybody and make them look good but i think you want to pick somebody that 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 makes Cade better 
And Cade is not a jet type of athlete. I think that having Jaden Ivey would really help Cade having that speed and athleticism. And, and the way that the NBA is set up now, Jaden's not a true point guard, but he's athletic enough to be able to cover point guards. That, that would help take some of the defensive responsibilities off of Cade. I, I think that Jaden Ivey would be a great addition to the Pistons. Um, as many shots as he'll get up over the course of his career in practice, I think he'll become a more reliable three-point shooter. Um, I'm leaning, because of the athleticism advantage over Keegan Murray, I'm leaning more towards Jaden Ivey. Um, I, I would not take Shaden Sharp. Yeah, when you look at the improvement that Jaden Ivey made, he went from a 26% three-point shooter to a 36% three-point shooter uh, with with higher volume, Tim. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that tells you the guy will work. He will put it down in the lab. So reasonable to think, to expect that he is going to be a, a more consistent three-point shooter uh, at one he gets in the league. And that's all he's doing is working on his game. I mean, he's the son of, of two uh, high-level college athletes. He comes from a great program, you know, paint gets them ready, uh, demeanor-wise. He's going to play defense. He just checks all the boxes to me. But you got a lot of people that are intrigued by Shaden Sharp's athleticism who, make no mistake, athleticism-wise, Tim, I mean, this is a longer, uh, you know, when you think about it, John Morant. I mean, he is that kind of freak. He is a better athlete even than Jaden Ivey, who is a fantastic athlete. And you got a lot of people enamored with that but i'm like you i just i, I would want the, the proven commodity a guy who's done it at a high level for two years in the big 10 so this swayed me in chicago i sat down and had a nice conversation with keegan murray i had a long conversation with Jaden ivy keegan murray is like the nicest guy in the world you'd invite him over to your house he would help make, you know, he would help make dinner and, and clear the dishes. And I mean, he's just so respectful and so nice. Jaden Ivey, not so much. <laughs> like, yeah, you, know, man. you know what? And the Pistons need somebody. Like if you, if you meet the Piston players, these are nice guys too. Like the Pistons need somebody with that edge that's yes. not quite so nice. I, I think Jaden Ivey is that guy. Yes, Tim. I'm, I'm like, and look, there. There are, there are worse things, much worse things you can say about a guy than he's nice, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I hate yeah. to even call that a criticism because Keegan Murray can do it all offensively. He can shoot it. He can put it on the deck. He can play with his back to the basket. We even saw him create a little bit for, for teammates. Don't know about him defensively, but you, you're going to have that question coming out of Iowa, right? And so, I mean, the, to me, all things being equal, I'd be like, man, Keegan Murray would be the guy. But I'm like you. I I want that known quantity of edge. Maybe Keegan Murray has some, some Kenyon Murray Battle Creek Central down there in him, right? Maybe he does. And maybe it'll come out for some team. But I just know it's there with Jaden Ivey. And I think, like you, that that's what the Pistons need. Yeah. And if, if you've got Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, you've got big guards that can cover people and become more switchable. Um, I, I think he's the, he's the call saying we're on the same page. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Killian Hayes for all of the, um, 
I think, legitimate criticisms about what he hasn't been offensively. He's been a revelation defensively, Tim. And he can pass. And, and he can pass, but I'm talking about like a shooting. I mean, I guess you knew that there were knocks on him as a shooter. Uh, yeah. You kind of expected yeah. for it to be it manifest into improvement quicker, but it is what it is. Maybe it'll come along, but my point is he has been a plus defender in my estimation watching him in his young NBA career. You know, when, when you look at Killian Hayes, um, I had a conversation with John Beeline about his shooting, and, and I said, Coach, you know, he, he shoots it a little bit different every time. And, and Coach Beeline said, he sure does. And that's what we're going to do this summer. So I'm really hopeful that you'll see Killian Hayes knocking down shots because they're going to work on that, that repeatability with his, his, his three-point shooting. Tim, let me tell you something in closing. I enjoy the heck out of just, you know, sitting, talking ball with you and I guess every single week. But, man, it, it just – it feels like it gets more fun every time. This was a really fun freaking episode, man. So yeah, great uh, job, Sam. Yeah, look forward to them every single time. You guys can expect more where this came from over the summer. We got top 100 camp. There's going to be, uh, you know, what happens in the transfer portal and the draft and offseason workouts. So much to cover in the coming weeks and months here on the Michigan Basketball Insider. If you like this podcast. Uh, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And, of course, you can get it on our YouTube channel now as well. Be sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we're going to bring more great content to you in the coming weeks and months here on the Michigan Basketball Insider. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.